everyone. I'm Andrea Perkins, an Awana missionary down in Texas. You know, down here in the Bible Belt, it's pretty common to see signs as you're driving out of a church or even walking out of the atrium that have big block letters that say, you are now entering the mission field. I love that idea. The mission field is not just inside your church, but primarily out. So today we're going to talk about kind of mission field analysis, really getting to know the community you serve and creating an operational plan for your Awana club to do more than just the big two things that we require at Awana, right? Which are to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with clarity and urgency every week, and also to uphold a solid child protection policy. You want to have extra things going on in your club, both to draw kids in and to go get them. So let's talk about what I think are three steps that can help you know where to go with your missions environment. First is to define needs, then to locate where are kids and when, and finally to determine what your church can do to meet those needs where the kids are. When we talk about defining needs, you have to think about the community around your church. You have to know those needs if you're going to choose activities to meet them, right? Whether your church serves primarily poor families or those with money, whether you're in the city or on a country lane, if you serve one culture or a multitude of cultures, all of them are needy. They have the same spiritual needs, but also a variety of physical needs. Meeting those needs helps them be more open to Christ. An example of this is that I knew of a church that was in a community that really needed stronger parental involvement in schools. We know that that improves academic and lifelong impacts for students um, really everywhere. So the church chose to donate time and food to feed and serve all of the families of that elementary school at their open house night so that it's easier for families to attend and connect with teachers. The table tents mentioned that that church, specifically their Awana club, was serving that night and that they had sponsored the food and volunteers wore their church t-shirts and their Awana uniforms. Now, at the very least, the minimum impact was that there was higher participation in that open house than there ever had been before, because people will go where there's food. Amen? (laughs) But the long-term impact was even more beautiful, because there were families from that school who visited the church for the first time because the love of Jesus had been demonstrated by people who claimed to know him. Now, you don't just have to consider demographics when deciding what kind of needs your community may have. You will also want to consider their shared experiences. You know, down here in the land of the free, it's pretty much standard to have an armed deputy um, patrolling or just providing, you know, security at the beginning of church in the atrium. But if you come from an area that has had a recent episode of school violence or in a community where relations between the town and the police are strained, you might shift to having plainclothes security detail or having weapons concealed. If such a shift can remove barriers for people coming to your church, then why wouldn't you do that? We also want to consider where are kids and when. Anytime we can make our ministries fit in to the time and space of our communities, we improve people's opportunity to engage with our ministries. Most states have a requirement because they are publicly funded to 
publish information about local school districts. This is a wealth of information to know what kids are available for your church to be reaching. How many kids are in the elementary school that's across the street from your church? What percentage of them may be on free or reduced lunches? What percentage of the kids are you reaching? And how many neighboring churches are there that could be reaching others? If you're the only game in town and 92% of the school is on free or reduced lunch, then maybe a simple dinner being added to your Awana Club on Wednesday night will boost participation from those families. You might engage with the local homeschool community and offer up your outdoor Awana Game Square as a place for a quick homeschool meetup and playtime each week. This could draw new families into your Awana Club or even kick off a mini Awana there in the middle of the day that eventually serves homeschool kids from multiple churches who then will come to you and ask how to start their own Awana Club. We know how Awana grows. You can research the sports leagues that serve your town and take a look at their practice schedules. If they're practicing Monday through Friday every night, it might be time to try a year of your Awana taking place on Sunday afternoon. It might improve attendance. You can look in your community centers, parks that have programs. If you're from someplace up north, I'm sure there's that one sledding hill where everyone is, right? (laughs) It's totally okay to grab a big canister of cocoa and go out over Christmas break and invite kids to join you for second semester Awana right there on the sledding hill. If your town has community events that you could be represented in, not just as recruiting, but that are fun to participate in, like the homecoming parade, which is the end-all be-all where I live. If your church can grab a banner, hand out candy, and smile and show love to your community at an event like that, you stand a chance of drawing in a few more families. So once you know where kids can be found and the things that they may need, your church can start looking at what they can do to meet those needs where the kids are. I encourage you to start small. The single night, single location engagement I mentioned earlier with the open house support was a great and effective way and it yielded results with kids coming to church. You can dream big though, and year on year, keep asking for permission and resources to reach more kids. I'd like to walk you through like three need examples that I saw churches address in their own mission field analysis and find a way to boost ministry uh, in the face of those needs. It is back to club time, folks. Among other things, that means it is time to get your supply inventory built back up so you'll have all the gear you need. If you build it, the families will come. Shop our product guide online to order those beginning of year basics. Entrance books, book bags, uniforms, leader guides, emblems, which by the way, now have all the adhesive included. You talked and we listened to club leaders. We're all stocked up and ready for you. Just hop on to awana.org slash shop to find our newest product guide and featured items. Don't forget, if you have a membership, you'll get a 30% discount on most of our products. If you have any questions along the way, reach out to the partner care team standing by right now. All right. Go order your stuff and get ready to disciple kids for big, lifelong faith in Jesus with your best Awana Clubs year yet. Awana.org slash shop. The first came from a centrally located church in a big city that had a very large immigrant population from a country that did not speak English. 
So those folks coming into that area had a need for English language skills, and the church very wisely began offering English as a second language during their Awana program, which means that the grown-ups who were attending the class were boosting the language skills that they needed for jobs and society, and their kids were also learning more English downstairs at Awana and hearing the gospel every week. At the end of the year, they also scheduled theme nights, one where the ESL attendees read to the Awana kids in English to celebrate all that they had accomplished. They also hosted a home culture night, which was an amazing way to draw that bicultural community together, all for just the negative cost of just a few donated children's books. (laughs) Another consideration is when sports season completely overwhelms all family schedules from March 15th onward. Now we know that we need the continued discipleship of athletes. Highly recommend something like Awana at the ballpark night when that season starts. You can also post a leader there on game night each week to keep signing any sections that players are ready to compete complete. Then you can invite any onlookers who are like, what is Timmy doing saying some Bible verses and getting a book signed? If you have fewer kids coming to club because they're they're at the ballpark, you should have a couple of leaders to spare over at the fields. In the second year, you can boost what you're doing there. You can get permission maybe to do a quick object lesson with the gospel in the pavilion each hour for kids who are waiting to play. You can invite to Awana everyone who comes to your object lesson. In the third year, maybe there's an open field or just an area where all of the siblings of the players usually just run around. Set up a fun relay, a little mini game time for those waiting kids and invite everyone who wanders over to join you for Awana. Ultimately, this will yield new kids who attend your club, possibly faithfully from September through March And if your system is in place for their learning to continue at the ballpark in March through May, you will have amazing years of discipleship happening for those kids. This requires some phone calls, maybe some invitation cards and some time and energy, but it's worth it. You know, a system like that might be perfect for a dad or slash leader who's hesitant to commit in August because he knows his schedule will become all ball all the time in March. Make space for his service too. A third neat example is in a small town, one of my favorite places, that has pretty limited after-school programs, kind of out out in the boonies a little bit. And most of the parents actually work in neighboring areas, not in that small town. And so they had a need for some after-school care. This church offers bus transportation from the elementary school, an hour of homework help, a simple dinner, and a full Awana program between 3.30 and 7 p.m., every Wednesday for free. Now donations, generous donations and their church budget cover those costs. And the families appreciate so much one simplified evening per week. Think of the connection and gospel opportunity possible with that much time with the kids in the building. Now you may be thinking these are great ideas for all of those needy people, but what, what about my church? It's an affluent church. I mean, every kid's in Jordans and our parking lot is full of Range Rovers. Well, it may be that the children you serve still have needs. They may need perspective. They may need gratitude. So you can schedule humility and compassion-producing activities 
that will set these kids up to be disciples just like all the rest. You can teach wealthy children to leverage resources for the kingdom. That money isn't their only resource. In fact, it's not even their greatest resource. That obedience, that faithfulness, and that following God's will, following his calling for their life no matter what, is what they actually have to offer, not just their wealth. The idea really is to design your ministry to fit in the community. And every time you can, give kids the top billing. If you're going to hand out popsicles at the t-ball fields, have kids hand them out. If you're going to march in a parade, put the kids up front. If someone's going to write letters to nursing home residents or shut-ins from your church, have them come from the kids. Not a form letter, right? Let them go wild with the things that a seven-year-old will say to a stranger when they're writing them a letter. See, adults notice when kids are doing meaningful things and kids experience their faith. They become disciples when they do those meaningful things. You know, the kids in your community, they are the mission. And the kids in your ministry are also on mission to reach that whole community. So make space for their calling. These kids are not just the church of 2050. They're the church of 2023. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio, all rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about Andrea and her ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. The executive producer of this podcast is me, Ross Cochran, and our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way, and you also heard their song, Throne, from their album, Save Me From Myself. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.